0: Amazing. Awesome. Well, come with me in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. We're going to read from verse 1. I, I love this. I, I love this story, and I just want to pull a few things out for us this morning. Um, it says, one day the, the widow... Oh, actually, hang on. I'm reading from the wrong translation. Let me just make sure I get, get it right. All right, here we go. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets. It just is comedy. It's just so funny. The sons of the prophets from the school of the prophets. Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. Wow. (laughs) They were the sons of the prophets, and he dies and leaves a massive debt. Where where, where, where were you on that one, Einstein? (laughs) Anyway, sorry. Forgive me. All right, so, so Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? She said, your maidservant has nothing. In the house, but a jar of oil. Then he said, go, borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels, and do not gather just a few. And when you've come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her. And she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Everyone say ceased. Then then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. Literally retire on the rest. She went from about to be evicted from her home, have her sons taken away as slaves, to paying off all her debts and being able to retire. What God was able to do in, in one fell swoop. In one fell swoop. The, 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 the title of my message today is, um, It's In Your House. It's In Your House. The the. But what's interesting is that I want you to notice the oil didn't run out. Did you notice that? It says the oil ceased flowing when there was no more empty vessels. It didn't say that the oil ran out. It just said the oil ceased when there was no more empty vessels. While there was another empty vessel, the oil kept flowing in another empty vessel, the oil kept flowing in another empty vessel, the oil kept flowing. Elijah is trying to to teach us uh, here an interplay between earth and heaven, between earth and heaven. The, The oil heaven kept causing that oil to keep flowing while there was a demand here on earth, while there was faith here on earth. When the faith, when the demand died out, the oil ceased, Satan's number one agenda is to extinguish faith so the oil of heaven ceases, so breakthrough ceases, so deliverance ceases, salvation ceases, the flow of financial provision and breakthrough ceases. And that's why he wants to get into our schools, get into our, uh, our colleges and our universities and shut down faith. He, he doesn't want people to have faith. He doesn't want people coming to God in faith, experiencing a flow from heaven. In San Diego, like uh, beautiful Pastor Shauna was saying, we, 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 we're we not just building buildings for the sake of having buildings. We know that the church isn't the building. The church is the people. We know that. But we also know that the, the people, the church, needs to meet somewhere. So that's why we buy buildings. But even then, God gave us very clear instruction. The building is not a, a, a church building. The church, The, the building is an altar. It is an altar where there is a flow, where we bring people into a faith that begins to draw on the miraculous so that when they say to you, when you come to San Diego, there's no zoning for, for uh, buildings, for churches, there's, there's no church zoning in San Diego. If you get a building, you've got to then apply to the city and convince the city to give up the, the, the tax revenue that they would get from your building through what, what they call a CUP, a conditional use permit. But th- they told me the city doesn't like doing that. So just kind of, and then it's really expensive as well. Just kind of step back from, but, 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 but there's a flow when there's faith. And faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You have faith. It just depends what you're hearing. I've determined I want to I have faith in God. Jesus said, have faith in God, which means you can have faith in science. You can have faith in the pilot. You can have faith in Fauci, if you're an idiot. You can have faith in a little cloth mask that is going to keep you so funny. We go to coffee every day, and you'll see people walk in with their mask. Because they're protected. When their coffee arrives. Because uh, how so many people know it COVID doesn't... Uh, I was about uh, You you scallywag, you took a sip of that coffee. I was just about to pounce on you, but you took... Uh, I don't attack when people are drinking coffee. Like, you can't make up this level of stupid. I can't. It wrecks me. Leanne's fine. She can just kind of sit there and throw it, and she's reading and listening, but it, 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 it wrecks me. I'm like, I want to hold up a mirror and say, look in this mirror, I want to show you a picture of a more. I can't do that. I can't do It's naughty. No, as a pastor, you shouldn't do that. Ah, I get that naughtiness from Pablo. Everyone just put, look at Pablo. Oh, the old Pablo, naughty Pablo. Yeah, we know where it comes from. I was, I was as pure as the wind-driven snow till Pablo came along. So let me let me give you a few few quick thoughts. I, what I love about this passage of scripture because uh, I, I I want I I just kind of felt like I wanted to bring a little bit of a shift today to to some of our thinking and bring an awareness. So point number one is in-house blindness. In-house blindness. So many many of you will will have heard me share the story of where before we even came to San Diego, before we started the church, uh, kind of towards the latter end of a fast, I had a vision of me preaching, and as I'm preaching, I had to keep kind of raising my voice because people go, Aah! people were groaning, and uh, and I'm like, man, like, you know, they're groaning, like, is my preaching that bad, and as I look out, I see, you know, people who are pregnant. And I see them, you know, with their arms on the, the rows in front, and they're pregnant. And then I look, and I see the men standing, and the men were pregnant. And then I keep looking, and then I could see the, 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 the babies in the belly. And the babies weren't like three, six, nine-month, you know, fetuses. They were, they were like four, a four-year-old child, who, and then an eight-year-old. And then I see, you know, this one, there's a ten-year-old in there. And I'm like, what? And so I wake up, and I'm like, man, that was like the weirdest, freakiest, stupidest dream. And the Holy Spirit said, that's, that's San Diego. That's, that, and I'm like, what, 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 is it like, you want me to pray against abortion? And he's like, oh. He says, did you see abortion? I'm like, that's just what I learned in Bible college, the spirit of abortion. He's like, no, no. He says, I'm sending you to San Diego to be a midwife. I'm like, you mean mid man? <laughs> he's like, no, no, mid <laughs> mid midwife. He says, you're not to build the church on you on Jurgen because no one could spell it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's not coming up on Google. He said one T or two in Metesius. <laughs> anyway, and so he's like. I'm sending you to San Diego and you're not to drive people away but you're you're to to the 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 church that you're going to build is one that that recognizes the the giftings, the anointings, the ministries, the callings, the greatness, the potential on the inside of people and then you release it. You you release it. So maybe 6 months after being here uh god then spoke to me again very very clearly pastor becky he said to me um you're not allowed to hire from the outside mm-hmm. so um i remember when we hired your handsome hubby we just had to get him on staff and so john was the best non-skirt wearing <laughs> events oh director we've ever had <laughs> ever had and uh but after after a season in events, and John was brilliant—details, execution, tasks—but then then we moved John into a role that we kind of really created, and it was it was called the development pastor. And I remember being at a pastors' conference, at, uh, and there's all these pastors, and, and I said, "Yeah, we just put you know Pastor John on, and he's the development pastor." And they said, "There's no such thing as a development." <laughs> well, there is. And they're like, "Oh, you mean like?" I'm like, "No," and they're like, "No, you put an executive pastor." In. I'm like, "Yeah, we're not doing that. We're just." And it was so, so funny, I could realize all these guys hit ceilings because, you know, they, they just do what everyone else does, hoping for a different result. And it's like, so we had a development pastor. And, and, and the reason that, that happened was because God says, you can't, you can't employ people from the outside. You've got to raise up from within. Yeah. To raise up from within meant that, that I, had to, I had to look at what was inside, which is consistent, congruent with the vision. I say all of that to, to say this, that, that every single one of us in our human condition, in our sinful nature, uh, uh, unfortunately carry the burden that your initial default is in-house blindness. Wow. When, when, when Samuel says to Jesse the Bethlehemite, gather your sons because God has told me that one of your sons is going to be king of Israel. If I was him and my son was gonna be the king, I I'd be getting all my sons, cousins twice removed. I would be king. Do you know what that means for my house? Exempt from He sends David. He's thinking, there's no way it could be this little runt. Yeah. He has he has the seven sons, but not the eighth. So, so hang hang on. How can he, he's your son, right? He's my son. Yeah. But you don't phew, Surely you don't mean in-house blindness. God sees Eliab. I've rejected him. Eliashib rejected him. Goes through all the sons, rejected, 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 rejected. All seven, and then Samuel's like, "That's weird." He's like, "I've got the oil. I feel the anointing. These are all the sons you got." And and then Jesse goes, "Well, you know, they're, they're still the youngest. He's out there with the sheep." And Samuel's like, well, go and get him. Like, go and get. So they summon David, and as soon as David walks in, the Spirit of the Lord comes to, to Samuel and says, This is him. Arise and anoint him, because I've chosen a king after my own heart. God saw a king in the house of Jesse the Bethlehemite. Jesse saw. A little kid who looks after sheep, he couldn't see the giant slayer. His brothers could not speak peaceably, why have you come down to the battle? We know why you've come down here, because you're you're arrogant and proud, and you've just come down to, you're you're skirting your responsibilities. With whom have you left those few sheep anyway, little sheep herder? You've just come down to watch the battle. That's who you are. You're, you're, You're pretentious. David said, man, is there not a co-? even his brothers couldn't see what was in him. So maybe maybe that's just a maybe just a one-off. Let's let's just say, okay, maybe that's a one-off. Well, Pastor Jurgen, we, we don't deal with in-house blindness. Joseph has a dream, has a second dream, tells the whole family his brothers hated him because of his dreams, and his father rebuked him saying, what is this that you have dreamed? Do you really think your mother and I and your brothers will one day bow before you? (laughs) (laughs) They could not see that their deliverance, that their destiny, that their transformation from a family to a nation would be unlocked in the promise of God, resting in Joseph before them. The, great, the, the, the number one greatest, smartest, and I, I say smartest tongue in cheek because I, I'm not that smart. I didn't come up with it. The, if I look back on all the things that I think were the greatest pieces of counsel from God was don't hire from the outside. One of the biggest arguments I used to have with you know different pastors I had on my board was, oh, you should hire, you should hire, you should... We always raised up from within, oh, why would you write ra- You need to... I got this guy, he's got a PhD, I got this guy, he's got... A- I got this guy, he used, to work, he used to work for this big ministry, and he's coming to us, that's what you need. And we'd be like, no, nope, I'd rather the pain of mistakes and developing people from within... If I was honest with you, in-house blindness happens as a husband. Yeah. Yeah. Happens as a husband. Yeah. For the first, I don't know, maybe seven to ten years, I, I saw Leanne as my cute little kind of sidekick. I thought, you know, Batman's got Robin. <laughs> Lone Ranger's got Tonto. Jurgs has got Leanne. And, uh, you know, and in true, true keeping with, um, you know, with Pastor Samuel's revelation on wife, he said, you, you know, I, I was like, Samuel's right, you know, washing, ironing, food, entertainment. <laughs> I can't believe Samuel comes up with this kind of stuff. <laughs> wife. Wife's an acronym for what? Anyway, and so... <laughs> But if I was honest with you, I, 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 didn't, I, I was so caught up in me, so caught up in the call of God on my life, the man of God, so caught up in the mission that I had eyes that did not see the wisdom, the grace, the genius, the brilliance that is in my bride. Couldn't see it. it, it it's amazing. You can, you can be married to somebody, sleep with somebody, and still be blind, still suffer from in house blindness. The number one prayer that I would pray that I felt the Holy Spirit after He said, You know, you're not to hire from the outside. The number one prayer I began to pray is, God, show me what you see in people. In, in other words, the antidote to in house blindness is God, help me to see what you see. I want to see what you see. Th- this is really, really important because sometimes there are sheep that come in, but then there are wolves dressed as sheep that come in. And how do you tell the difference? Unless you see. I remember, you know, we were in Camel Valley Middle School, and in the middle of the worship, this lady comes up and you know, kind of tugs. And I said, oh, she goes, I've got a word. I've got a word from the Lord. I'm like, well done. you know. And she's like, no, no, I've got a word from the Lord. I need to give it. And I'm like, uh, I, I don't know who, who you are. I said, you know, can you write it down? She goes, no, I don't write these things down. She says, when the Lord gives me a word, I have to speak it. I'm a prophet, prophetess. I said, oh, darling, I said, have you ever read the book Habakkuk? She goes, yeah. I said, have you heard of Nahum? She goes, yeah. Isaiah? Yeah. I said, you know why? No. Because there were prophets who wrote down. <laughs> so she scampers off. She comes back about 10 minutes later. True story comes back about 10 minutes later, with, you, know, with, with a, you know, with a piece of paper. She goes, here it is. And so I, so I read it, and it says, you know, my people, you're not listening to me. Well, what's the point of a word if they're not listening? But anyway. <laughs> and, and it was a rebuke about how, how, absur- how, how dastardly pathetic the people were. That God was barely, barely hanging on, tolerating such vile. And uh, so I remember, I remember saying to her, I said, wow. I said, shoot, wow. I said, do you really believe this? She's like, yes, Absolutely. I know when the Lord speaks to me. I said, okay, darling. I said, this is what I want you to do. If, if you really believe that this is from God, I want you to, to do a fast and pray. I'm not fasting and praying. I said, then you've got no right to speak. If you won't fast and pray, if if this is for real and the people are rebellious and the people are not listening to God and they're destructive and self-indulgent, if, if that's really the case, then... You just want to get up and you want to give a word so that you can be right and they're destroyed? Moses said, God, blot my name, blot my name out of the book of life, but forgive these people their iniquity. God said, get away from them because I'm going to destroy them and I'm going to make of you a great nation. So you know what Moses does? He he puts himself in the middle. He protects the people. That's why he's a great prophet. Abraham, Lord, will you really destroy for 50 people? Permit me to speak again, 40 people? You need eyes to see. Did she have a prophetic gift? Probably. Probably had a prophetic gift. But I saw wolf, saw false shepherd, fake shepherd. You know, uh, in this story, in this story, what's very interesting in this story is is the mother is caught up in grieving. She's just lost her husband. She discovers that that she's that the husband has, for whatever reason, left crippling debt, like crippling debt. The bank says, "Darling, not only do you does your ATM card not work." Darling, you're in arrears, you're, and all your credit cards are maxed out. And then she, she knows that the only thing that can happen is her two sons, who are now her support network, are going to be taken from her to pay off the debt that her husband... And because she's in distress, Elijah says to her this great question. He says, what do you have in your house? He, he he didn't say how big's the debt, how bad is the debt? Whew, come on, let's believe God to cancel the debt. He doesn't say that. He says to her, "What do you have in your house?" Almost like he knew that breakthrough is always in the house. Breakthrough is always in the house. I, I got, if I can, I just kind of share a little bit. One of the things that 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 kind of ticks me blinds just is pastor, pastor. We're moving to. Madagascar. Do you know of any good churches in Madagascar? Path, Path, through, we're, we're moving to this other, other city. You know, life is flying and flourishing. We're going to another. Do you know, do you know of any good churches over there? Yeah, that's what I do. I'd spend my entire day on the internet <laughs> looking for churches in other cities. That's a good one. If people ever move there, I'd be able to recommend. These people don't see the breakthroughs in the house. The bre- breakthroughs in the house. You are better off in the right house in a wicked city than in a prosperous city in a wrong house, because the breakthrough, the miracle, is always in the house. It's never not in the house. But what's interesting? What's interesting is she says. I have nothing, I have nothing in my, well, except a little jar of, a little flask of oil. I have nothing except. All of a sudden, she's like, I've got nothing because she's, distress will cause you, listen to me, you and I will never not have problems. People always say, hey, Pastor, when, you, when you're a little less busy, I'm never not going to be less busy. You know, oh, well, you know, when, when we have no problems, we're never not going to have problems. There are only good problems and bad problems. Good problems is man. How do we deal with twelve o'clock? Was as packed with overflow as the ten o'clock service here. We need that Salvation Army building. We need another big. We, we, we need more buildings. We need more locations. We need more. Like you're always going to have problems. That, but there are good problems and there are bad problems. The problem with the problem is the problem's not the problem. That's the problem with the problem. That the problem's not the problem. The problem with the problem is that the problem causes you to only see problem, not solution. My husband left debt. He's now dead. The, de- the creditors are coming to take my sons away. All she sees in the distress. Listen to me. You will not have no stress. You will not have no problems. What you've got to do is you've got to do what this woman did, was she went to Elisha. She went to the man of God carrying the anointing of God who released the word of God when she says she's coming out of her distress. She's coming out of the clouds She's coming out of being overwhelmed with everything that is broken and everything that is wrong and everything that is hopeless and everything that is no good and everything that is unfair and everything that is good. When she, she comes out of that and she says, I've got nothing in the house except it was a word from God that caused her to see that, yes, indeed, breakthrough could be in her house, that there's a spark. It was just, the Bible says, the hair on Samson's head began to grow back. It didn't say that, you know, Samson's hair had now grown, you know, longer than it was before. It just, it was just long enough to, zzz, 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 yeah. just, just to spark again, yeah. to spark again the power for deliverance. Distress, problems can blind you to the breakthrough because they hijack all your senses to focus on the problem to focus on the stress to focus on the injustice to focus on and that's where you need to get your behind into the house of God you need to go put on a podcast if you if you're at home well it's it's, it's Thursday it's not... Wednesday it's not Sunday put on a podcast listen to a word listen to it because one word from God one word from God can pull you out of the clouds of your distress the problems and highlight oh my gosh the breakthrough is in the house Israel did not see their messiah had arrived I mean the, the, remember the, the the wise men come and, and and you know they get to they get to Israel and they're like, well, you know, let's stop following God and let's ask the locals for directions. Hmm, where is he who's been born king of the Jews? Kings, palaces. So they rock up to the palace. Wait, 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 where's he who's been born king of the Jews? We got some frankincense, some gold and some meh. And Herod's like, what? Yeah, yeah, we were following his star all the way from the east, been traveling three and a half years. He's like, I don't have a freaking star. I had to sell my soul. I had to compromise who I am. I had to murder people. I had to do a raid on Mar-a-Lago for people that are running in political opposition against me. And, and, and there's, there's someone that you've identified who's got his own freaking star in the sky. Oh, he's not here, but why don't you carefully find and locate this king that I may come and k- k- worship him also. <laughs> so the wise men and the King Herod call in all the Pharisees, the scribes, and the teachers to inquire where this Messiah would be born. And they're, and they're like, oh, in Bethlehem, in Bethlehem. And when did this star appear? Oh, you know, three years ago. So Herod then gives the edict, let's kill every male in Bethlehem and all of Judea who is three years old and younger. And God has to speak to Joseph, Jesus' dad, in a dream and say, quick, take the young child down to Egypt because Herod is trying to kill him. And so they fled to avoid. But there was weeping in all of Israel. This is the same kid that grew up in front of the same... They could locate the town. They could even locate the time. You would think they could put two and two together, but their own wickedness, their own agenda, their own posturing for position and authority, their own self-indulgence, self-importance, their own needs blinded them. They could not see the Messiah in front of them. The, 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 the teaching priests couldn't see the Messiah. Judah couldn't see what was in her house. Jesus came from the house of Judah. He arrives to Judah in Israel, and Judah could not see. They said, is this not the carpenter's son? When he went to Galilee, to his hometown, they said, "This what? This is the carpenter's son. They could not see what was in their house, in-house blindness. But breakthrough is always in the house. Somebody say Amen. So here's what I've discovered real quick. Here's what, here's what I've discovered, that, that if breakthrough is always in the house and the oil didn't, didn't run out, it just ceased, that means that, 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 that we've, got to, we've got to have eyes that see. We've got to develop what God has. We've got to make it your number one prayer, God, show me what you have. Every, every problem that you have, the answer is actually in your house. The answer is in the house. Every problem, the answer is in the house. I remember when, when, when we started, the, the, the church, somebody, somebody, you know, grabbed me and they said, Hey Pastor, you know, I'm praying that God sends us millionaires. That God sends us millionaires. Because you know, this vision that you got for, for four campuses in San Diego, oh, this is gonna cost us money because we have to buy buildings. And I felt the Holy Spirit, you know, say, no, tell him we're not we're not asking God to send us millionaires. We're raising millionaires. We're going to raise up. That was how we birthed Pathfinders. That's how Pathfinders was was birthed, was because we're not looking out there. Why are we not looking out there? Because breakthrough's in the house breakthroughs in the house, breakthroughs in the house, breakthroughs in the house. The only time I have to fear is when I've got no more faith. The only time I have to fear is when I've got no more empty vessels. The greatest thing we can do is have altar calls where people come and say, God, I'm an empty vessel. Pour heaven's oil. Pour your goodness. Pour your favor. Pour your anointing. Pour your blessing. Here I am. Send me. I will go. Here I am. Pour into me your spirit. So I I remember I remember, you know, there was one church, four four locations, and there was a demand. There was a demand on there. And then, then once we started hitting that, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, God, are you done with me? He's like, no, 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 go back up to the mountain. Go up to the mountain with Pastor John Heinrichs when you're in Phoenix, Arizona. Go on to... Tommy Barnett's Prayer Mountain, and then go from four campuses to 16 campuses. Let's multiply it. So I walked up with, you know, 16 campuses on a, on a card that I didn't really believe. But when I got up there, something was deposited in my spirit. When I came down, I could see 16. Now, if I was honest with you, I kind of see, well, 16's only here. We're going to have campuses everywhere. But, you know, I, I kind of. But back then, back then, it was like, oh, I just sitting that was overwhelming. How do we? Oil flows where there's a demand. I remember. I remember sitting with with, with Pastor Phil, and and uh, and I said, Pastor Phil, you know, I was just a, a young pup, youth pastor, and you know, a couple of big ministries had had kind of taken a spill. Some of them adultery, uh, some of them embezzlement, and I just said to Pastor Phil, Pastor Phil, man, how do you how do you not fall? And I'd gone from. Not drinking any wine or alcohol from when I got saved when I was 18 to now. I'm sitting with with him and I'm I'm having a glass of red wine and my body wasn't used to it. And at the word, the question came out of my mouth. How do you not sin? How do you not fall? And I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to fire me. What, you're tempted? Right. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) I'll never forget. He he just kind of sits back and goes, yeah, yeah, it's real simple. (laughs) Yeah, what's your name? (laughs) <laughs> three things I'm like three things uh, I can remember three things he goes number one sleep with your own wife I'm like she's beautiful I can do that there's <laughs> number two spend your own money I'm like, man it's so simple it's brilliant he goes and number three build buildings I'm like, listen. I get number one. I even get number two. I can see. What do you mean, build buildings? And he said, you're never as vulnerable as when you don't have a God vision before you. When David stayed behind, the Bible says at the time of the year, spring, when kings go out to war, David stayed behind. Now, at the time kings go out to war, they 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 would put a king on a on a on a. Vista on a high mountain, on a hill, on overlooking a territory. And then he would assemble his, his warriors, and they would take that territory. David stays behind, but he's still walking on his rooftop palace, and he's still looking out with vision to take territory. And he sees a beautiful woman swimming in, so he inquires. And they say to him, oh, that's the wife, that's Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. He said, oh, wife, huh? Bring her up. He he took territory that he was never meant to take. He was anointed to take territory. He was anointed to operate in vision. But because he wasn't, God said to me, God, Pastor Phil said, you're never as vulnerable Is when you don't have a God vision in front of you. Have a God vision in front. Always have something you believe in God for. Always have something. Always be putting a a demand on that oil. Put 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 a demand on that oil. Don't don't try to attract millionaires. Don't believe God to send millionaires, raise up millionaires. Don't hire from the outside, develop from the inside. Here's the truth. Here's the truth. If you can't develop them, you are unable to keep them. If you can't develop leaders, you won't be able to keep leaders. If you can't develop preachers, you can't keep them. What you develop, the the, the, the skill sets, the the anointing that goes to developing is exactly what keeps them. That's why we have we have it many times. And pa- pastor Mike Yeager will tell you, we have people that come from other churches, and they, they come with their gift. And at this church, I was the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. That was just one run below Messiah. But I'm unemployed. Have you guys got any jobs going? Like, how could you be? And we don't immediately, oh, my gosh, you're, oh, you're an you to prayer. prayer. Oh, my gosh. We're so impotent, we can't produce, so we need to... There's a reason that they're not, they're not fruitful in their field. There's a reason. So we, we've actually found that if you can't raise them, you can't keep them. If you can't develop them, because the developing is what discipleship is all about. Developing them is what discipleship is all about. Discipleship is seeing what God sees in people. Let, let me finish with this. God sees gold in, in every person. God sees gold. God sees gold. I didn't see gold in me. God saw gold in me. I'd be in meetings and it didn't matter where I sat, the prophet would always kind of locate me and give me a word. And the word was that God sees in me, God sees in you, what you don't see in you. I'm not sure, how many people here have ever had that, it's a horrible experience, where you've walked along and you tripped over like a big <clears throat> big bar of gold. And you're like, oh, you little scallywag. Well... How many people have been like swimming, you're just kind of doing laps at the local pool and you're looking at gold bar just floats by? <laughs> or you're in the river water skiing, pfft, just hit a gold bar floating on the water. <laughs> How many people know that gold doesn't float yeah. and it doesn't just sit on the sidewalk? Gold is always buried in dirt. Gold is always buried in dirt. That means that to develop the gold, you have to deal with the dirt. What is discipleship, Pastor? Discipleship is me submitting myself to allow somebody that sees the gold to deal with the dirt. The dirt, I'm embarrassed. Man, there's a lot of dirt in here. Uh Uh-huh. That's why I need Jesus. Never let somebody who only sees the dirt. I notice you've got this sin and this sin and this sin. That, that, that's a manipulator. Discipleship is locating the gold in somebody and then being honest and open enough To say, but what's keeping that gold from shining? What's keeping that gold from being mined? What's keeping that gold from being used to uh, adorn the most... What's keeping that gold is the dirt. Let me help you shift the dirt. Let me help you remove the dirt so the gold on the inside of you comes forth. Gold is always located... In the dirt. It's always in the ground. It's always you got to shift dirt to develop gold. In-house blindness. The breakthrough is always in the house. It's always in the house. Discipleship is drawing the gold. If you can't develop them, you can't keep them. But if you develop them, listen to me. The number one, the number one longing, and I'm, I remember speaking with the pastor. I know I'm, I'm over time. Speaking with the pastor, they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" When they saw you know, Pastor John and Becky, they're like, "Oh, oh, well, you, 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 you I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. They're really gifted, pastor. They're really gifted. I'm like, "Yeah." Well, aren't you scared that they're going to go down the road and and start their own church? I'm like, "Well, oh, flat. Like, who'd want that headache? <laughs> Golly gee, I mean. They get to preach, they get to lead. They've got enough problems sorting out stuff without them trying to find money and raise money and finances and make payroll. And I said, just let them, just, they're brilliant. But but it was, it was a mindset that if... if i got to tell you that every single one of us have a longing for somebody that sees the gold yeah. beneath the dirt. Sometimes we... We, we, fall, we fall in love. We are endeared to people that when we see dirt, they see gold. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, actually, we actually respect someone who loves us enough to say, I see gold in you, but come on. Yeah. Come on. How long are you going to keep just pretending there's no dirt? How long are you going to keep just, come on, let's, Brilliant. amen. Yeah. Come on, let's stand to our feet.